Cardinals come short of a Christmas Eve miracle from the Windy City. A 27-16 loss to the Bears Sunday afternoon. Welcome into Morning Scramble presented by Verizon from the Seat Geek Studios alongside Jody Jackson and Zach Gershman. I'm Danny Sarek. Merry Christmas, Bergen. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to the two of you. Did you both enjoy your Monday off, Jody? I did. I did. Pretty chill. Um, watched a lot of sports. There's a mm -hmm. lot of sports now on Christmas. That's a lot for of sure. I didn't even turn football. on basketball. No. Um, and yeah, processing this Cardinals loss, which uh, I know we're going to really break down, but it was nice to have a break. How about you, Zach? It was nice to just be able to relax a little bit and also start scouting the next opponent in the Philadelphia Eagles watching that Christmas Day game. So it was a, it was a chill day, but it was a good day at that. Sunday against the Bears, the Cardinals found themselves playing from behind 21-0. Arizona's first three possessions, punts. When you're playing from behind, you abandon the run game a little bit, and that's difficult when the Cardinals' wide receivers have been struggling to produce on a consistent basis. You had four receptions by your wide receivers for 75 yards. Second straight game, rookie wide receiver Michael Wilson was held catchless. Jody, what can be done at this point? That's the big question, Danny. You know, you look at Michael Wilson. There have been a lot of high hopes for him to get integrated into this offense. And despite having the injury, now he's been back a couple of games. And to still not have a catch, and you just see where it's just not clicking with Kyler Murray and the receivers. And at this point, you know, the coaching staff, I don't really think they care at this point in time in this season who is catching the ball, just that they are making plays in the passing game. But they're not. Unfortunately, the passing game, I mean, you see the numbers and they look more prolific than what Justin Fields did in the passing game. But it wasn't early in the game. It wasn't in key moments. It wasn't when they had to make a play. I mean, Greg Dorch's 38-yard touchdown was the big play of the game. And yes, he is a wide receiver. So that was good to see. Early on, we did see him going back to Trey McBride. But I don't know what the answer is, Danny. It is tough to figure out. Obviously, with the injury to Hollywood Brown, uh, they need to improve the room next year. That is clear, uh, I think, with multiple wide receivers because that position just has to get better. You have to have more skill and talent at that position. And then Kyler Murray now, uh, it's a little late to be able to developing that chemistry, but you know, you're just not seeing chemistry between these guys. You're not, but I, I think that when, you're, when you are playing catch-up in the ways that you are, you're going to just have to be slinging the rock around. And that's why James Conner's numbers did not look nearly as good as we've seen in the previous couple weeks, the Cardinals having to abandon the run game because of that. But I, I think in general, when it comes to the room for the future, obviously that's an area of need. There's a lot of areas of needs. If there was a Cardinals Christmas wish list, I know the wide receiver core and improving that is definitely going to be on that list. But with Michael Wilson, that's the guy that hasn't had the chance to be out there nearly as much as he would like. But it's been three weeks, three straight games that a wide receiver has not led the receiving yards category. So something's got to be done about that. Tight end Trey McBride, 31 receiving yards, which sounds incredibly low considering <laughs> he was coming off his second straight 100-plus receiving yard game. The Cardinals relied on their running backs. James Conner, 67 receiving yards. Amari DiMercato, 40. That's why Conner's run numbers were a little lower, just 45 rushing yards. The Cardinals were going up against the number one run defense for their second straight week in the Chicago Bears. It was noticeable, Zach. They struggled to get the ball going downhill. Yeah, it, it definitely was noticeable because they were not able to get beyond a few, a few yards. I mean, James Conner averaging the 3.8 yards he carried 
per that game. It just it was not easy to get anything going. And you saw the success that they had in the previous game against the San Francisco 49ers when you're saying, okay, they were able to get the run going. 234 yards against the number one team in the NFL at that time before the Cardinals dropped them down a couple spots. So the, the Bears scouted them out, and they knew exactly what the game plan was going to be, that the Cardinals were not going to be afraid to run the rock. But because you're down 21-0, you kind of got to get rid of that game plan, throw it at the door, because something you got to get something going in the passing game. And you do have a Greg Dorch 38-yard you know, scramble around, just going in and out, juking multiple players out. It was exciting, but you're already so far behind at that point. You just got to try to get something going. Yeah, to establish the run early would have been ideal. I mean, I'm sure that's what they wanted to do on the road and not put any pressure in the passing game. But, you know, I mean, there were moments, and James Conner had a few nice runs there, but and Amari Di Mercado as well, but it wasn't sustainable, and that's the problem with this offense. You're, you're seeing glimpses, but you're just not seeing consistency. Um, obviously not jumping out to an early start. You look at 21 to nothing, and you think about the defense, and it was a couple of big plays. It was Cole Komet. You know, and, and Justin Fields was able to roll out and, and extend plays with his legs. He did that very well. But at the end of the day, Justin Fields only had 170 yards. So you look at they jump out to that 21 to nothing lead when you can't fire back on offense, guys. And I think, again, that's Jan Jonathan Gannon talked about it. You have to start quicker. And that's on defense, obviously, but it's also on offense to possess the ball, to have some explosive plays. Uh, they were really missing that on this, you know, holiday weekend. You're looking to make a little noise. You understand that this is a team that came into this game 3-11, and but you want to have some explosive plays and you want to be able to sustain drives. And there were only a couple of points in this game where they were able to do that. It was certainly not throughout the game, Danny, and that is something that is a concern. Jody, the inconsistency and ability to fire back, how much of that falls on quarterback Kyler Murray? Some of it does, for sure. And for Kyler Murray, again, it's a lot. This game was interesting. Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, some similarities. There's guys that can make plays with their legs, guys that struggle to have that rhythm in a passing game. You'd love to see uh, guys that were drafted as high as these two were be able to kind of slice and dice the defense up through that passing game. But, yeah, Kyler Murray, and I think he's taken it on his shoulders. But, you know, you saw the one play, and, and it's not all about one play, obviously. Um, where there was a miscommunication. He expected Trey McBride to stay in one spot. And, you know, again, you see those little things. And at that point, when I was writing my notes down, I was thinking it's details. Again, it's a lot of details because, you know, Kyler Murray is there. He's got a lot of skill. But, yeah, there were other times where there were linemen kind of blocking his vision, where he'd have a path to making a play, and it, and it just didn't work out. But as those pile up, it is a problem, Zach. It all starts to add up, and it's those small details that you're alluding to that separate a good team that is competitive in games from a great team that's able to pull through and win those games. And you, you started to see the fight a little bit at the end as they were starting to climb back because when you're down 21 nothing, it's very easy to just give up and say, all right, we're down in the first quarter in this type of way, in this type of performance when Cole Komet's putting up over 100 yards in just the first quarter. It's very easy to say this, this, we're, we're outmatched in this one but they didn't and they kept on fighting but it is those little details that you need to get that you need to make happen it's the extra scramble when you're going from the left side to the right side just trying to make something happen and there needs to be more separation from the wide receivers to give Kyler Murray a better chance at consistency in, in hopes of extending those plays a little bit 
In this one, they just were not able to get open. Difficult playing from behind 21-0. Just six points given up by the Cardinals' defense. However, that 21-point deficit, the play extensions, according to head coach Jonathan Gannon, that's what really hurt this team, hurt this defense. Cardinals allowed 420 total yards to the Bears, a season-high 250 rushing yards. Wasn't a scary passing game by Chicago. It was the run game. Most of those yards going to running back Khalil Herbert and quarterback Justin Fields, who remained Chicago's leading rusher, including a 39-yard scramble. Cardinals defense is banged up on the defensive line. They were on their third middle linebacker with the green dot calling the defense in five games, now relying on Chris Barnes and starting cornerback Garrett Williams was out. Zach, what were the biggest holes that allowed Chicago's run game to be so successful? It really was limiting those play extensions. I mean, for Justin Fields to go for the, the, the Bears had eight plus runs or they had eight runs of 10 plus yards. Four of those belong to Justin Fields. His ability to get outside the pocket, to stay in the pocket for as long as he did, and then to be able to scramble out of it and make those 39-yard runs. And there were multiple quarterback-designed runs as well that he was able to get by. It's the defensive line, and obviously they're banged up, and injuries are a part of the game, but Jonathan Ledbetter went out with, with a knee injury. That's another big hit on that defensive line. I mean, you're going to have Kevin Strong, you're going to have Dante Stills. Besides that, from week two and beyond, you don't really have many guys on that defensive line that have been able to stay consistently healthy. So that's something that's definitely going to need to be you know, looked at as you're going into the offseason, but also something that you don't have much of an easier challenge next week with the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles because Jalen Hurts is another one of those mobile quarterbacks and those play extensions. That's something that Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollins are definitely going to be looking at in this one as they recap this game, review the tape, and then go into next week. Yeah, Justin Fields was a huge part of the running game. Khalil Herbert, again, they racked up 250 rushing yards, and I think what really kind of hurt to hear after the game was a, a quote from Justin Fields to one of the reporters in the Bears locker room saying, when I would hand the ball off, there were like highways out there. So he was he said they were slow. He said the defensive line was slow. Saying, well, and you mentioned that this you already started behind the eight ball with some injuries mm -hmm. coming out of camp, and then you have the attrition of the season. We all know that's not easy at all. And it was a team that, you know, the resources on that defensive line, it was just difficult to be able to build that this season. I think they'll be able to do more there, obviously, next year. But, look, the thing that you pointed out, Zach, is the fight is there. So yeah. that is a great sign. But, yeah, you have had so many injuries on this line. As far as looking slow, you know, again, uh, the Bears' run game was really good yesterday. And, yeah, the effort from the defense, you know, again, the effort was there but they just didn't have quite the energy needed to stop that because you had, you had Fields who, I believe he had 97 yards on the ground. I mean, that mm -hmm. it was a major weapon for them. And as the Bears try to figure out what to do, I kind of put myself in, in their shoes of their front office because as much as he ended up struggling in the passing game after that first half, he ended up 15 of 27 for 170 yards. He can be such a weapon when he's running the ball because he's so big. He's big. He can really run. We saw him when he got loose on that 39-yard scramble. Uh, this is a guy that you hate to just toss off to the side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, it's a conundrum for them. But, yeah, that was concerning when you hear comments like that. Like, wow, we were seeing a lot of open space out there. Um, and the defensive side, you know, it, no one was happy with that for the Cardinals, I'm sure. It's not easy to play on the road. There are all these things that stack up. But next week, it's got to get better against Philadelphia. It wasn't just the defensive line. Fields has had the 33-yard scramble in which three yeah. different Cardinals defenders yeah. were shaken off by Fields. So not just on the D-line. Tackling well, definitely needs to be something that needs to be improved because they have been able to shake him off pretty easily. And there have been multiple moments where we've seen – 
the, the opposing team. And obviously bringing down a guy like Christian McCaffrey is very challenging. He's going to be able to, to you know, shrug off a couple of different tacklers. But when it's your quarterback like Justin Fields and he's able to shimmy away from it, there's just multiple instances where Roy Lopez was in the backfield. And at least based off TV, it looked like he was that close to getting to him. But you really are that close away from changing the outcome of a lot of these games throughout the season. Well, and Danny, you're right. Thank you for mentioning that because it is not just on that D-line. It's a total team effort on defense when you're stopping a run game. There's a couple of levels to it. And there just weren't enough plays made. It was just one of those games where you didn't hear enough of those defenders' names called making a play. The Bears had their way with this team, and that's something that I understand you're undermanned. And, again, this team most of the year, they've been in, and, and this game ended up being an 11-point game. They've been in these games. But, you know, whether it's, you know, we saw Jalen Thompson with an interception. Mm -hmm. That was a spark. Need more of that. Haven't had enough of it, unfortunately. Haven't had enough of a pass rush either. The Cardinals did break their streak after having three games without a sack. Dante Stills had a sack on quarterback Justin Fields. However, that was negated by a holding penalty. And outside linebacker Dennis Gardeck ended up having one when he forced Fields out of bounds at the line of scrimmage. Fields had a lot of time in the, in the pocket. It's not just about sack numbers. It's also about pressures, hits, hurries. Mm -hmm. Cardinals defense has not been able to put opposing quarterbacks into duress situations, Zach. That was one of the things we started off the season with as one of the, I remember one of the first articles I wrote for azcardinals.com was the lack of the production when it comes to pass rushing in terms of players you have to bring back. You lost J.J. Watt and you lost Zach Allen last year. Those two led the entire Cardinals defense with sacks. And then the third person was Jonathan Ledbetter with one. So it definitely, you, you had to, bring a lot of production in, and you start to see a shift a little bit in the beginning half when Dennis Gardeck and Zayvon Collins and B.J. Ojolari were able to get to the quarterback. They were able to get sacks, and you could start to say, all right, this is a high-motor, violence, you know, physical group on the defensive side of the ball because of their ability to get to the backfield, to meet the running back right next to exactly where he started off the play at the line of scrimmage, to get to the quarterback and bring him down right away for those early sacks. You haven't been able to see much of that lately because I'm not sure if as much of it's because of the scheme. Now other teams see your defensive scheme. They know what to expect. They know what they're looking for. But the production in terms of getting to the backfield, the blitz rate has been one of the lowest in the previous couple weeks. It's definitely an area that you're going to have to look at because you can't give these quarterbacks five, six, seven seconds in the pocket because a quarterback like Justin Fields, that's how they're able to hurt you with those play extensions. Yeah, and you know that Nick Rollis is trying to scheme this up so that they can create some pressure. But at the end of the day, you need more guys that can win that one-on-one -on -one matchup. And I think just big picture going into the season – we were hoping that Zayvon Collins might be able to produce that. Yes, it's a new role for him, but that was the hope. And then a rookie like B.J. Ojolari, again, we've seen some things from him. But, again, not enough to be able to replace. I mean, you're never going to replace a guy like J.J. Watt. That was never in the plan. But, again, I think a lot of times during this season, we've seen some scheming that's been able to produce a pass rush, but it's winning those one-on-one -on -one matchups. That's what has to change. It makes the life of the coaching staff a lot easier for sure. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't see a lot of that for this um, against the Bears club. Garnack did say post-game, if you're looking for a silver lining, is that this defense, despite giving up 21 points in the first half, continue to stay in it, stay calm and execute on the next play. That's what Gardick says is winning culture. That's what Gannon and the rest of this coaching staff, this front office, is trying to build long-term that winning culture. To hear one of the leaders on the defense say that's what is happening right now, despite a 27-16 loss to the Bears in Chicago, is a good sign, a good silver lining. It is. When you're going into the locker room,
locker room and you're you're down in the game, you you have to try to find something that makes you want to run back out there with your team. Hearing that from Dennis Gardeck, one of your team captains, that is huge because he has that's the type of mindset and a captain's going to shoot it straight. And if he did not feel that way, you know that they're going to you could just tell by the vibe that they wouldn't be talking like that. We've seen it in years past. You see it all across the league when the locker room is not together. You see the type of result and the type of impact that that brings. And fortunately for the Cardinals, you haven't gotten a glimpse of that all season long. They have really bought into the identity and the foundation that Coach Jonathan Gann and Monty Austin for Michael Bidwell are trying to build within this facility because they recognize that, yes, obviously you're going for Super Bowls, you're going for NFC West championships, but you have to start somewhere. And this is an organization, this is a team that is starting somewhere. And that's why when you're down 21 nothing, you're not giving up because that's not the type of identity this team wants to have. Yeah, and the Bears, you know, gave this Cardinals team a little bit of a window in. I mean, they did not, they were able to finish the game which if you're looking from the Bears' side of things, you're saying you're pleased with that. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're talking a lot about defense, but with that offense, I think they were waiting for a spark. They were waiting for something. Again, the time of possession in this game was 34-plus minutes for the Bears to 25-something for the Cardinals. And, again, it's complimentary football. We talk about it all the time, and we saw it yesterday. I just think uh, that defense can only do so much when they're being punished. And with that run game, they were looking for that spark. But, again, the fight being there, the comments from Gardak, uh, to a man. I mean, look, the NFL, we see it every day. You watch these, you know, games each and every week. It is the best league in the world. It is football at the highest level. And so if you're not providing resist resistance, if you're not giving that effort, it will show up. It'll be ugly. And these games, you know, this one looked like it was getting to that point of getting out of hand, but it really didn't. And I, I think you're going to get to it in your turning point. But I mean, when you see um, this Cardinals team be able to turn the corner and make it a one score game, you're thinking, okay, look, they can make some noise here. They can do something. And that's, if you're this coaching staff, that's what you're looking at more than anything, I think, right now. And you're learning a lot about the character of your players. And I think for the most part, it's been pretty good. Again, a building block of what you mentioned, um, the culture here. One spark on defense, safety Jalen Thompson's interception in the end zone, which led to a Greg Dortch touchdown. That was Thompson's fourth interception this year, a career high for him. We've heard it time and time again from Gannon. Turnovers is a winning stat. Unless you're the Cardinals, who have won the turnover battle eight times this year, two and six in those games, Zach. you got to be able to turn it around and got to be able to produce points off of that. Jalen Thompson's played great in Chicago. The last time they were in Chicago in 2021, he also had an interception over there. But I, I think in general, you got to be able to turn it into points because when you just and, and we think about that game against the Houston Texans, they had three turnovers in that and turned it into zero points. That winning stat is definitely a winning stat. The explosive play battle and the turnover play battle, you win both of those, there's a chance you're going to win the game. You win one of those, there's a chance you're going to win the game. If you're not turning it into points, though, it's, it's yeah. kind of like, a, all right, you're giving the ball right back to right. the offense again. Right, and, and I think that's the key is most of the time you see that stat and you kind of, you know, I'm, I'm sure the data would show that a lot of those do turn into touchdowns. And we saw it last week with the one that was called back with Joey Blunt. I mean, that could have provided a spark even in a game where, you know, it was very difficult to stop that 49ers team. But, yeah, that's going to be, you know, something they're looking at for sure, trying to be able to make plays that, you know, punching out the ball. They practice that. Uh, you can see the defenders trying to do that. It's a battle out there. Uh, Jalen Thompson, again, four interceptions this year. Um, as you mentioned, Danny, a career high. You'd like to see that from him. But are there more guys that are dealing with a cornerback position that is so 
decimated by injuries. You know, Garrett Williams being out in this last game already you've had. And then, of course, one of the storylines of the season, which is Marco Wilson not being able to get a hold on that position, really, and being relegated to special teams. So, again, more fi firepower needed there. But that is such a strange thing, Danny. Two and six when you win the turnover battle. There's one thing that you can count on in the NFL. It's usually if you're going to win that turnover battle, you will win games. And you're right, it just hasn't shown up for the Cardinals. Just 32 points off turnovers for the Cardinals. Not good enough. That Greg Dortch touchdown in the fourth quarter put the Cardinals down by just eight. Zach, they decided to go for it with a two-point conversion, your turning point. Yeah, the turning point is going for it in that two-point conversion, a failed attempt at that. And it's one of those plays that, you, you in hindsight, obviously we're going to be the now the Tuesday morning quarterback and say, <laughs> all right, we shouldn't have gone for it. I, I think in general, though, the way that the Cardinals have had success, or rather lack thereof success, when it comes to those two-point conversions. They showed on the TV the graphic right before they lined up at the line of scrimmage, and it said 3-4-11 on two-point conversions throughout the season. Now you can make that three for 12. They have yeah. not been able to get much going, and, and I'm not sure if it's because you don't have those big bodies that you could just toss the ball up and, who, you know, you hope somebody's going to come down with it, but the momentum, because your defense has stopped the Bears' offense in the second half especially. And for Greg Dorch to start off the second half with that 40-yard kick return and then to have that 38-yard scamper where he was able to get into the end zone and juke by all those players, the momentum is on your side. And I recognize that the Cardinals did have the chance to – they got the ball back. They had the chance to drive down the field. They weren't able to produce anything out of that. But that moment, it was really, it felt like a momentum killer in a sense because everything was going your way. You could go for the field goal and make it 24 17, and you could have that next score and you could tie the game up, or you could go for the win then. And just in this case, with over six minutes to go, it felt a little too early. Yeah, I mean, that's something that, again, is analytics have changed things in the way that you approach a game, and Jonathan Gannon certainly has his philosophies, but it, it would have, you know, I think just the mental boost of, Let's get it to seven points, you know, and then it would have been 24-17. But the bigger issue, Zach, and I'm sure what the coaching staff is looking at is why are they so bad with trying to convert these 3-11, and 11, now 3 for 12 on two-point conversions. That's an area that you've got to get better uh, also with a guy like Kyler Murray who can use his legs as just another threat, you would hope. Um, and, you know, you've seen Drew Petzing scheme up plays that definitely, you know, between the 20s, it's a, it's a lot easier. We all know that. But when you're looking at something into the end zone, you know, what can you do there? But, yeah, all in all, you know, Greg Dortch, uh, I just want to go back to that play. That's the play that, you know, at the Christmas Eve celebrations, you know, it got everyone rising out of their chairs, you know, and, and hey, let's go. The Cardinals might be able to come back and make something happen here. And that brought a lot of, I think, excitement to fans that thought, okay, this game's been kind of, you know, you're disappointed with the way that it's gone thus far, but how are they going to claw back into this one? And you love to see the move that he made going left and then going right. And they just needed more of that. And again, it, it speaks to the wide receivers when you don't have weapons and playmakers that can have explosive plays like that. Um, so they needed more, but that was, that was a moment for sure. And, and to your point of, of the two-point conversion, not being made, being the turning point, yeah, it kind of felt like things – it was first of all kind of questioning, you know, maybe you just kick it there or how can we keep that momentum flying by being able to get that two-point conversion? I think one of the biggest reasons why you do kick it there is because of how the Bears have played in the fourth quarter. They are, they are tied for the lead in, in the history of the NFL, three blown 10-plus point leads going into the fourth quarter. 
when you're able to score in that fourth quarter. And I know the reporters in the Chicago media were asking Matt Eberflus and a lot of the players there, did you feel like here we go again? But that sort of play really does shift the tide a little bit because you start saying, okay, we got them. They, they've had our number so far in this fourth quarter. A lot of teams so far this year have had our number in the fourth quarter. But by stopping the Cardinals on that two-point conversion, that does change it. And I, we, we were talking about it a little bit offset. We appreciate the aggressiveness also on fourth down. They're now 11 for 30, though. And in a lot of those games, you are coming from behind. You have to try to get something going. But the aggressiveness, you have to sometimes tame it a little bit. Probably a good look into the future. What we can expect to see under Jonathan Gannon is that aggressiveness on fourth down, going for it on those two-point conversions. Mm -hmm. You're just missing the personnel right now. Yeah, you need something. You need that, that game changer that's kind of that's going to try to get it in. Somebody that you could match with Kyler Murray because when you need those two yards, yeah. the, the field gets a lot smaller at that. and You need somebody that's going to be able to get that separation out there to hopefully get you those two points. Let's pull out the whiteboards for songbirds. I'm staying in the holiday spirit. <laughs> oh, I'm not. <laughs> I am. I am as well. I am as well. So. Um. I'm still going optimistic, but I, I always end up going <laughs> back to the roots. I'm going with. Oh, whoops! I made an. <laughs> I have to erase. I really have to actually erase when I'm, when I'm, uh, writing the words. Danny, we're glad to see that it wasn't too chilly out there for you. I'm very appreciative On of the that. It was. The whole game. I was getting a little tired of hearing people from Chicago saying how nice the weather felt because it was in the <laughs> low 40s compared to what it typically is on Christmas Eve. And I'm yeah. sitting there in a massive, massive coat that's going down to my calves, a beanie, gloves, hand warmers. I am cold. I'm like, I don't really care that it's warm for you. I am still yeah. very cold. Very grateful though that it was dry. <laughs> Yes. We weren't dealing with rain or snow, so not too windy either. I took a sneak peek at your board, <gasps> and this is the first time this has happened oh my on goodness. the show. Why do I do this? <laughs> Just a little too quiet by the offense, and not too many plays made, big plays by the defense. But Danny, you and I are right there. Same We're page. I also went with Silent Night. I drew I, a moon yep. and some stars. Silent night. I'm kind of surprised it took us this long, but I know. same wavelength, Jody. It was just it was too <laughs> quiet of a night from the Cardinals' offense. The defense too quiet, at least in the first yeah. half, only giving up two field goals in the second. Just not good enough from a collective effort. You didn't have that complimentary football. Nothing was really working. No rhythm created. Too quiet. Too silent for me. Mm -hmm. Zach, what was your Zach, song? Zach, what do you got? Something well, different, it obviously. It wasn't silent night. <laughs> I went to Chicago and I went with Chance the Rappers all we got. I mean, and I can't even get excited about this one. I just, <laughs> we'll try. I'm going to try. Here we go, everybody. <laughs> the, reason, no, I, 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 the reason why I put all we got is because of the quote that Dennis Gardeck did say to, to Darren and the one that we've spoken about because of the fight that this team does have. Because you got that, because you have the togetherness of it, as you're going through the latter half of the season, it's very easy to start pointing fingers. This team hasn't done that. This team is not doing that. And I know that a lot of those like pregame huddles, you say all we got, all we need. This is a team that truly does abide by that. And you got to go with the Chicago Roots with Chance the Rapper. I know Kanye is on the song. The Chicago <laughs> Children's Choir is on it. So it's very festive towards Chicago. It's very, very native towards them. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because these seasons are, are hard. Mm -hmm. And... You, you never want them, you don't expect them, but you know going into this one with your quarterback, you know, your franchise quarterback that was injured coming back. And so, yeah, to have that vibe in, in, the, uh, 
in the locker room and still be upbeat, still be ready to fight, it's a good sign. It's going to get really hard again having to go back. You know, Chicago's the Midwest, but having to go cross country on a holiday weekend, it's another fight for this team against a very good Eagles team and then another game against Seattle. So um, definitely, you know, Zach, as you brought up a couple times now, you, you like to see that. But, you know, the, it's also an opportunity for guys to put some terrific play out on tape, whether they're going to be here or someone else or somewhere else. And so you want to see, you know, again, going back to Danny and I in our song, don't make it a silent night. Make something happen. Disrupt one way or the other. And I, I think it's, you know, it can't all be on Kyler Murray. He's got to have weapons that show up, and we hope to see that in Philly and against Seattle. Back-to-back -back road games. Cardinals go from Christmas Eve in Chicago to New Year's Eve in Philadelphia, going up against the 11-4 Philadelphia Eagles. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff Mountain Standard Time Sunday. Gannon is making his return to Philly against his former team, where he was the defensive coordinator. Zach, you're also making your I'm return making to Philly. Return. There you go. Coming back home. That would be cool. I'm just giving a sneak peek. It's going to be a Philadelphia <laughs> rap. We're like, sorry, next They're week's never... going to it's gonna be it, it's gonna Meek be. Mill. Meek. You gotta go Meek Mill, right? Meek going with Meek Mill. But it's I, I think it's fun when you plan out picking the same. No, song. I know. But no, but, but I got I got my rappers. <laughs> like I, I might go like little like un, like underground type rapping at that point. No, I think I think with this we talk about the holiday spirit and it being another one. What better way to ring in the new year than with the victory against Jonathan Gannon's old team? A revenge game for Zach. A revenge game for Jonathan Gannon. We'll be talking about it right here on Morning Scramble afterwards for Jody Jackson and Zachary. I'm Danny Sarag. Thanks so much for joining us here on Morning Turnbow. We'll catch y'all right here next time.